Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. Thanks for subscribing, streaming, or downloading and listening to us on your computer or tablet or phone. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 577. Thanks, Robert Siegel. National Public Radio's Robert Siegel is a very familiar voice to American radio listeners. Last Friday, he retired after 41 years as a journalist who helped build NPR into the institution it's become, and for the last 30 of those years served as the host of NPR's flagship show, All Things Considered. Twenty-three and a half years ago, Robert first brought three very young-sounding gentlemen onto the NPR airwaves, introducing the Reduced Shakespeare Company to the largest American audience we'd ever had up to that point, and beginning a relationship with both him and the network that have been two of my proudest personal and professional experiences. I want to play for you now that very first interview, conducted back on June 23rd, 1994. It lasts 12 and a half minutes, which was a long time to be on the radio back then, (laughs) and I guess it's even a longer time now. If you can imagine the humor of the Berkeley campus and the humor of the burlesque hall melded into a single performance, one funny, smart, sophomoric, slapstick, bawdy show then you can imagine the Reduced Shakespeare Company, three Americans who performed the complete works of William Shakespeare, abridged, in a single two-hour production. I first heard them on the BBC World Service, which ran their six-part radio version of the complete works. It is radio in the spirit of The Goon Show and The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, non-stop gags. For example, one of the men does impressions of women, Queen Elizabeth I, Emma Thompson, Helena Bonham Carter, without the slightest attempt at an appropriate voice or accent. In the last episode, they came on the air, said hello, then promptly signed off until a BBC technician was heard. Uh, Boys, can you give us a little bit more? How much? About 28 minutes. He says another 28 minutes. We've got to do another 28 minutes? No way, man. We told him this was going to be short. It's audio footnote time. The previous two seconds of silence is what's known in radio circles as dead air. This is a technical term meaning that the speakers have dried up. Another technical term meaning the complete idiots had completely forgotten that they needed to complete the episode. That was audio footnote time. The Reduced Shakespeare Company has performed on stage in London and is now in Washington, D.C., performing at the Kennedy Center. We invited them in to talk and perform a little. As I said, this is burlesque, and a couple of moments are a little off-color, so please either adjust the color on your radio or stay tuned and meet the Reduced Shakespeare Company. My name is Austin Titchener, T-I-C-H-E-N-O-R, for the Chiron. (laughs) My name is Matthew Croke, C-R-O-K-E. Yes, it is an Irish name, is just like it sounds. That's right. There's a Croke Park in Dublin. I'm Reed Martin, R-E-E-D-M-A-R-T-I-N, uh, and I'm bald. Tell me a little bit about the origins of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. How did it begin? Austin? It began when, uh, uh, in 81, 1981, when there was a guy, Daniel Singer, who decided he had always wanted to run a theater company. And there's these things called Renaissance Fairs in California, which I guess everybody's familiar with. And he decided he would do a reduced version of Hamlet. 
um, to take to these Renaissance fairs. About a 20-minute version cutting. And it had to be, you know, it had to be Elizabethan and vaguely Renaissance-ish. And uh, so they went out there and they and uh, the version of Hamlet was such a hit and uh, that they decided to do a version of Romeo and Juliet. And, and the company learned early on that if you make it loud and funny and physical, more people will throw money in your hat at the end of it. And so that was a very valuable lesson in capitalism, which the, the company has stuck to over the years. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so and from there, it was decided, um, somebody said, you know, you should do the whole complete works of William Shakespeare. And, uh, and they decided, they said, well, all right, we've done two plays. There's only 35 more. How tough can that be? <laughs> and how would you describe your attitude toward Shakespeare and the complete works? How would you say what it is that you're... Well, we've never works. met him. We understand he was a nice enough yeah. guy. Yeah. His but, plays are pretty keen. I mean, we actually do admire the work of Shakespeare for the most part. We don't think all of them are masterpieces by any means. But I think what we do in the Shakespeare show and in the American History show, we're not making fun of American history or of Shakespeare. We're sort of making fun of the way Shakespeare is performed, and he's become high culture, where in his time he was popular culture. And we're making fun of sort of, you know, the way American history is taught, or sort of maybe the pompous figures of American history. Right. I mean, Shakespeare in his time was a showman. I mean, he was putting on the plays people wanted to see. And now he's handed down to us as a genius, and, you know, it gets a little stuffy. So we're actually not doing him any injustice. We're actually making him, you know, uh, audience participation and people, you know, uh, it's uh, very much a part of uh, a theater experience. Which yes, I read in the playbill that you think that uh, Shakespeare would appreciate your performances. Yeah, we yeah. think he would even go bowling with us after the show on yeah. Thursday. We're not sure. But well, yeah. we just essentially we just want to put the shake into Shakespeare. Yeah. You know, uh, perhaps you could give an example. Uh, <clears throat> Othello, your rendering of uh, of Othello, for example. Okay, well, Othello, interestingly enough, was actually left out of the very first uh, couple of performances of the complete works of William Shakespeare. I think it was just a clerical yeah. error, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, but we 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 examined the text <clears throat> and we decided that we want we absolutely had to cover Othello. But uh, but we had a problem doing it. I mean, because the part. Othello, as we all know, is, is written for an actor of color. Yeah, and, and we uh, like certain we, yeah, I'm not even going to portray black people. So we're not really we don't have African right, features. Well, we're actually... We're, what you're we're hoggies is the problem. Exactly. Uh, yeah. so, so what we decided to do is, uh, is that we do it uh, uh, as a rap song, which yeah. is sort of the music of our people. Why not, yeah, why don't I start yeah, this song? Yeah, yeah, I might go a little something okay. like this. Okay, yeah. it just starts with the beat. Here's a story of a brother by the name of Othello. You know he liked white women and he liked green jello. And a punk named Iago who made himself a menace because he didn't like Othello. The more of Venice. Now Othello got married to a chicken Desdemona. He took off for the wars and he left her alone. It was a Mona. A groaner. He, he left, left her, her alone. He didn't write a letter and he didn't telephone her. Now Desdemona, she was faithful. She was chastity tight. She was the daughter of a duke. She was totally white, but Iago was a freak from the planet Venus. He was crafty. He was he had a big sword. Oh, <laughs> yes, he did. He said, I'm going to chef the more. How you going to do a tell us? Well, I know it's treasure claws and he's too, too damn jealous. jealous. I need a dupe. I need a dope. I need a kind of a schmo. So he found a chump sucker by the name of Cassio. And he plants on him Desdemona's handkerchief. So Othello gets to wondering just maybe if, while he'd be out fighting, commanding an army, are Desi and Cass playing hide the salami? Salami. So he come back home and stuck a pillow in her face. And he kills her and soliloquizes about his disgrace. But there's Millie at the door. Who say you big dummy? She weren't no whore. She was pure. She was clean. She was virginal too. So why'd you have to go and make her face turn blue? It's true. It's you. Now what you gonna do when Othello say? Damn, this is getting pretty scary. So he pulled out his blade and committed Harry Carey. Iago got caught, but he probably caught the plea. Loaded up his bag and moved to Beverly Hills. That is. Woo! Boom boom. Shake the room. 
Well, uh, certainly more efficient than than the original version. You got <laughs> through that right rather quickly. Yeah, you know, get, told the get, whole story. Cut out all the, the unimportant plot. poetry that nobody understands and get right to the sex and the killing. That's what <laughs> we're see, about. It's our mandate, really. <laughs> you, you very often find the essence of a play. For example, uh, Titus Andronicus, uh, one of the lesser tragedies, uh, full of gore, violence, mm -hmm. cutting off of limbs, hands, mm -hmm. murder. You uh, <laughs> you treat it in a unique fashion. Well, it's a cooking show. Yeah. I yeah, mean, in the play, the rapist is killed and cooked and served to his mother at a dinner party. And uh, so it seemed like it should be a cooking show. And Austin, um, I know you're listening out there in Radioland, but he looks exactly like Julia Child. Yeah, yeah thank and you. And so it just thank seemed a natural much. progression. Cooking show, Austin looks like Julia Child. Boom. We'll do Titus Andronicus as a cooking show. Well, also, we had to go back to the first folio, because in the first folio, uh, Shakespeare actually wrote the recipe for how to prepare rapist head pie. Um, but he cut it out in one of the later editions, so, uh, uh, so we restored it. Right. Incidentally, we just want to apologize for being completely naked here in the studio. It's just very it's hot, hot in Washington, D.C. You know right now. So, so, uh, Thank you for apologies understanding Apologies to any of our listeners yeah, who might yeah. be upset about that. That's all right. We, we don't have any problem with that. Okay. It's, uh, it's okay with us. Uh, you, you do something very interesting in the complete works with all the comedies. Thank you. That's you, very nice. You, know, you, you, find that you, you find what's common to the comedies. Well, yeah, yeah. Shakespeare, uh, all the comedies, you think, they're all about uh, shipwrecks, uh, yeah. mistaken identities, men disguised as women. Um, lost messages. Lost messages. So we dispense and taking all 16 comedies and making them into one very short yeah, and essentially Shakespeare used the the same comic gimmicks and then milked them into sixteen plays right. over yeah. and over oh, again. Yeah. So we do a single comic epic, which we entitled "The Comedy of Two Well-Measured Gentlemen Lost in the Merry Wives of Venice on a Midsummer's Twelfth Night in Winter." Yeah, or <laughs> Cymbeline taming Pericles the Merchant in the Tempest of Love as much as you like it for nothing. Or Four weddings and a transvestite. <laughs> That's how we get rid of comics. Now, as you said, this all began in uh, performing a shortened version of Hamlet. Mm -hmm. A 20-minute version of Hamlet is what you started with. Well, Hamlet is Shakespeare's greatest play. To, to, to give it anything less than 20 minutes would be sacrilege. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be so disrespectful yeah. to the genius of Shakespeare. Yeah. But you have attempted to push the envelope on this oh, score sure. to make it even envelopes. shorter than 20 oh, minutes. My. Well, we do... Hamlet fast. And then we were watching the Olympics, you know, mm -hmm. and, and we were thinking, well, I wonder what the world record for Hamlet is. We discovered it was around in and around 40 seconds. Well, we thought we could, we could do it faster than that. Uh, and so we actually, I think, we set the record at 38 seconds. Then we were, we were just mortified. We found out that there was an East German troupe that had apparently done it in 17 seconds, which we thought would have been <laughs> yeah, impossible. Yeah. But their Ophelia <laughs> tested positive for steroids and was disqualified. Totally disqualified. Yeah. So we still hold the record. We could do that for you if you'd like. I, I'd, I think everyone in the country uh, <laughs> uh, would probably to... like to hear a, a go for the record. Here. Well, oh, the, yeah, yeah, right I think the record is 38 seconds. Okay. Hold on. Wait a minute. So wait a minute. Got... We're not going to promise anything, but we'll make it close. Okay. Okay, I'm all set. You ready? Okay. okay. Everybody oiled up? Yep. Yep. All right, here we go. Oh, that this too-too solid flesh would melt. My lord, I think I saw your father yesternight. Would the night were come. Night. Mark me. Something is rotten in the state of Denmark. Revenge my mother. My lord, this is strange. There are more things in heaven and earth, so piss off. Ooh. To be or not to be, that is a question. Get my lord. Get thee to a nunnery. Ah! Speak the speech drippingly on the tongue. Before the play. I'll take the ghost word for a thousand pound. Now, mother, what's the matter? Mother, do thou not murder me. Help! 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 How now, a rat? Ah! Dead for a ducat, dead. Now, Hamlet, where's Polonius? At supper? Where's my father? Dead. Ah! Sweet Ophelia. Alas, poor York, but softer comes the queen. Lay her in the earth. Sweet to the sweet. Hold off the earth a while. It is I, omelet, the cheese, Danish. The devil take thy soul. Yes. One for me. Oh, I am slain. Oh, I am poisoned. I follow thee. The rest is silence. Time? 34 seconds. Yes! <laughs> yes, we did it. All right. All right. <laughs>
excellent. Yeah. That was a uh, like attending to a moment of history right there on the program. Right there. You are there. there. Here you. <laughs> here We're going to need a mop. You break the record. That's right. <laughs> uh, no, you have not limited yourselves to the works of Shakespeare. No, this we have true. not. We've become the bad boys of abridgment it, all it over the true. world. We've abridged uh, for the BBC. We've abridged uh, Gone with the Wind too. We've abridged Glen Rowe, which is the most popular Irish soap opera. <laughs> uh, we've abridged American History in our new stage show. And, You've yeah. abridged American History? Yes. yes. Starting yeah. with? Starting with The Big Bang and yeah. going up all the way to Paula Jones, which is more or less the, the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I heard in the last of your six-show series on the BBC World Service uh, your remarks about Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, or at least the uh, the futility of the monarchy. You, you made some disparaging remarks, and then you mm-hmm. had an, uh, you had an audio footnote disclaimer about coming after that. <laughs> I'm I'm just curious how the BBC took to your uh, irreverent humor and what the experience was like doing well, this. So on are the, we, actually. As far as we know, they just gave us the go ahead to make the program and then never listened to it. And so we did whatever we wanted. (laughs) And we think one of these days, somebody at the BBC is going to listen to it, and we're going to be in big trouble. (laughs) Particularly since they've already been aired on the World Service. (laughs) 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 But in England, the English, uh, the British, actually, all of them, seem to take very strongly to to what we do, Uh, both both in the uh, the Shakespeare show and the History show. In the Shakespeare show, I think they're they're flattered that we would spend so much time on their national playwright, and also because we, we do Shakespeare the way they think three stupid Americans would do Shakespeare. Austin Titchener, Reed Martin, and Matt Croak, the Reduced Shakespeare Company, are performing at Washington's Kennedy Center. In September, they'll be in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and they'll tour other American cities early next year. I'm Robert Siegel, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Uh, Always smart, often funny, and invariably brief. Where can you RSC the RSC? Next week, we kick off our 2018 tour dates by bringing William Shakespeare's long-lost first play abridged to Bloomington, Illinois, Hillsdale, Michigan, Tallahassee, Florida, South Padre Island, Texas, Livermore, California, Bluebell, Pennsylvania, Hayes, Kansas, Indianapolis, Indiana, La Crosse, and Madison, Wisconsin, the new Victory Theater Off-Broadway in New York City, and the Pittsburgh Public Theater this June. We'll also be doing one performance of the Bible, the complete word of God abridged in Orono, Maine in March, and pop-up Shakespeare is in its second printing and continues to be on sale worldwide. As always, the very best way to step to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office, venue, and ticket information. And now I want to play you our second interview with Robert Siegel from July 31st, 1995, where we talked about and performed excerpts from what was then our brand new show, The Bible, The Complete Word of God Abridged, which we'll be performing for one night only this March 24th, 2018 in Orono, Maine. Apologies um, in advance for the too fast musical tempos and the wobbly sounding keyboard. The Bible, condensed in this part of All Things Considered, I'm Robert Siegel. I'm Linda Wertheimer. I'm Austin Titchener. I'm Reed Martin. I'm Matthew Croak. And, and we, we are the Reduced Shakespeare, Shakespeare Company. Company. And in the beginning, there was chaos. In the beginning, everything was void. God saw all that emptiness, he really got annoyed. So he started his creatin' because he knew he should, he said. Let there be light. 
Wow, that light is good. So we got down to dividing on day one and day two and day three. He divided the dark from the light. He divided the earth and the sea. He divided the water and firmament. He divided the day and the night. But then he let out a heavy sigh because it still didn't feel quite right. From the top of his hallowed head to the soles of his holy shoes. He had a serious case of the in the beginning blues. On Wednesday, he made vegetables. On Thursday, celestial light. On Friday, he made poultry and fish. On Saturday, he partied all night making cattle and oxen and turtles and lizards and rabbits and govers and hamsters and sheep and some stoats. It's a kind of weasel. In his own image, he made man. And God said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and every living thing that moves. And the Lord said, behold, I give unto thee the power to reason and think and imagine. And the Lord said, behold, I give unto thee commerce, imperialism, industrial revolution. And the Lord said, behold, I give unto thee morphine and penicillin and marijuana. You got the right one, baby. And the Lord said, behold, I give unto thee suburbia and shop malls and overpopulation ozone depletion and Perry Mason and do you realize that by the year 2000 every single species in the world will have its own talk show and do you really want to live in a world where one billion Chinese own refrigerators and then the Lord and then the Lord said down and then the Lord said down I forgot where I was Seventh day. Right, seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested, cause he had nothing to lose. He had a serious case of the in the beginning blues. Why was the Almighty so blue? Why wasn't he having a ball? If he knew how depressing the world would turn out, he would never have started at all. Take it, Matthew! He had a serious case of those earth without form, void and nothingness, darkness and emptiness in the beginning blues. The Reduced Shakespeare Company is in Washington, D.C., performing a new show called The Bible, The Complete Word of God, Abridged. Austin Titchener, Reed Martin, and Matthew Croak, having performed the complete works of Shakespeare in a single evening of burlesque, and then moved on to a one-night condensed version of American history, have now tackled the greatest story ever abridged. The first two shows stirred a little controversy, and we wanted to go into a direction that could not offend anyone that we could think of. Right, right. so yeah. that was why. Also, it, it carries on in the fine, noble tradition, which is our cultural mandate to take a large book, body of work, body of literature, and reduce it down to bite-sized 90s chunks. How have you dealt with the, the likelihood that uh, some of what you do might uh, indeed offend or even strike some of your, your audience as, uh, as blasphemous? Well, we take great pains right at the very beginning to make a disclaimer and, and say immediately that we are not here to offend, you know. No. I mean, although the show is about the Bible, it is not about any particular religion which uses the Bible as a sacred text. That's true. It's, it's not our intention to slander or in any way impugn Christians or Jews or Muslims. Or Buddhists or Hindus or transcendentalists. Or Zoroastrians or Druids or agnostics. Or Catholics or any cult members of any kind. No, it's right. just not, not at all. Do. No. No. One of the Bible stories that you act out uh, in your play is the Tower of uh, Babel. Ah, yes. Babel, some would say. Mm -hmm. uh, Babylon. Well, the basic story is that the whole world was of one tribe and one language, and the people said to one another, go to, 
which is biblical for hay. Go to, let us build a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. Before tower. Oh, Shem. Oh, Kaftorum. Honey, I'm home. Nimrod. Shem, Kaftorum, what's going on? We can't hide it any longer, Nimrod. Shem and I know each other. Oh, now I get it. Every day when I've been off building a tower, you two behind my back have been entwining yourselves in sordid, immoral, unnatural, um... Disgusting. Thank you. Disgusting knowledge. There's more to life than tower building, Nimrod, but you wouldn't understand that. But don't you see? I'm doing it for you and for our children and for our children's children. Has it not occurred to you that God will punish us for trying to be his equal? Impossible. We're of one tribe and one language and we can do anything. Come on, Shem. Let's get out of here. Hold it right there. You two aren't going anywhere. Look out. He's going to make a noise of a bomb. Kaboom! Ah! (laughs) After Tower. Oh, Shem! Konnichiwa, Miyoshi. Hi. Mi amor, aquí estoy. Nimrod! Jose, Maria, ¿qué pasó aquí? We can't hide it any longer, Nimrod. Shem and I know each other. Sacro bambino. Mi diggy diggy bildi moto dios. Y ustedes bada bing bada boom dance la bouncy bouncy. Ustedes son sordidos, tencho grossamente, um... Disgustivo, desca. Gracias. Disgustivo, frito bandito. There's more to life than tower building, Nimrod, but you wouldn't understand that. No comprendes. Lo he hecho para ti y para nuestros hijos y para los hijos de nuestros hijos. Baka gaijin. Buda Shinto Mushi Mushi Godzilla Kili Kili Sukiyaki. Taco Sombrero Fernando Valenzuela. Come on, Shem, let's get out of here. Alto, no mueven. Oh, toro, toro, toro. El bumo. So then the Lord dispersed the people, those who spoke Japanese to Japan, those who spoke Cuban to Florida, and those who spoke Babel to Washington. Uh, what did you find was the hardest story to, to bring to the stage in your uh, abridgment of the Bible? Um, probably the, hard, the hardest aspect of the show was dealing with Jesus because uh, uh, you, people don't like it when you make fun of Jesus, and we don't want to make fun of Jesus, so we had to find things in the New Testament, that other things to uh, have fun with, like the wise men and John the Baptist and uh, the apostles. Pontius Pilate. Mm-hmm. Pontius Pilate. Joseph and Mary. Well, back to the Old Testament, mm-hmm. uh, you, uh, you do at one point actually have to go through uh, these, what can be rather lengthy genealogies to that the Bible is consumed with. Oh yes, well the chapter 5 of Genesis alone is the entire genealogy of Adam. Now Adam beget Cain, who begat Enoch, and then Ired, Mahujael, Methusael, and still he wasn't Tyred. Then Lamech, who begat Jabal and Jubal, who were brothers, and Tubal Cain and Naamah, and many, many others. Begotten, begotten, everywhere begotten, begotten like the bunnies like to do. They were begotten, begotten, making babies happen, cause back then there was nothing else to do. Now Adam begat Seth, who begat Enos, then Cainan, Mahalalil, and Jared, with no energy declining. Jared begat Enoch, because there was nothing to it. Methuselah is proof you never get too old to do it. Begotten, begotten, everywhere begotten, Methuselah would surely leave his mark. He was begotten, begotten, making babies happen. He begat Noah, who then begat the ark. Austin Titchener, Reed Martin, and Matt Croak, the Reduced Shakespeare Company, perform The Bible, the Complete Word of God Abridged at the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C.
That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. We are so grateful to Robert Siegel for first bringing us to NPR and introducing us to Bob Mondello, Scott Simon, Neil Conan, who brought us on to Talk of the Nation for entire hours, and many other NPR shows and hosts who've had us on the air so many times over the years. And a big hashtag thanks, Robert, for your slightly more important work as a journalist and NPR network builder. Send us your radio memories via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can also engage with us and other fans on Facebook or Twitter. You can find easy links to all these social networks at our website, reducedshakespeare.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener. Thanks, as always, to still young-sounding Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and GarageBand. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Melissa Allen. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Robert Siegel, late of National Public Radio, for introducing us to such a large audience and for his friendship. Thanks, too, to Bob Mondello, Nicole Cohen, and Jenna Molster of National Public Radio, who were also helpful tracking down these interviews for me. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 577, 1731sts of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. And I'll leave you now with a fun, quick moment that shows just how quickly Robert was able to think on his feet. This is from a piece I produced for NPR in which I asked NPR's on-air personalities who they thought were the greatest fictional characters ever created. This is the conversation I had with Robert Siegel, all completely improvised. I know NPR likes to cover the news, not be the news, but the mm. news today is that the hallways are abuzz with the, the screaming and ranting of NPR employees about this in-character series yeah. and the characters that they should have covered and didn't. And I know you feel strongly about a certain... I thing. do. I think that uh, we should have done Michael Corleone. Absolutely. And, and why? Uh, because I think he is, a, uh, he is an American icon, I believe, because mm. uh, he got three movies out of it. True. Uh, and uh, he got the, the director's daughter work in the last one. So I think for those reasons alone, mm -hmm. uh, he, should, he should be profiled. Well, and there's something, he, spe he speaks to something innately American about, you know, wanting to stay out of it, but always being dragged back in. Yes, uh, the tension between family, uh, between assimilation and mm -hmm. uh, ambition and, mm -hmm. and being yeah. tied into tradition. Yeah, no, I think it's a... I think it's a classic American story, Austin, and I think it can be done in 90 seconds if you do it right. <laughs> if we do it right. It occurs to me it must speak to you personally, because I'm sure that you've interviewed people many times where you've, all you've wanted to do is shoot them in the head and they go face first <laughs> in their clams. No comment, Robert. This is your interview. I, yeah, I, 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 I have tremendous respect for the people we interview. <laughs> Did you, did you see Robert Siegel's nose go, grow about a foot long? That was so weird. Upon the star, your dreams come This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less.